and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Rocking and firing, styling and profiling. Another day of your 401k getting churned and burned. We got a great show lined up for you. Of course, wealth insurance is what we do, and boy, seems like the Dow now is going to move. Three, four, five. I remember when 100 points when it used to be big moves, right? We call that volatility now. Uh, three, four, 500. Yesterday, a new record was set on the Dow. We'll break it down all for you. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. The physical delivery of gold and silver. It is what we do. And trust me when I tell you, we do it. Better than anybody out there on the website at allamericangold.com. And uh, just know this, the end of the month is coming. Wendy is going to actually, we are closed Monday, Tuesday. If you call here on Monday, we may answer. I'm not saying we're going to, but I'm saying maybe. Uh, Wendy and I are going to be working on the metals plans. Uh, it'll be close as to whether we have them all done by Friday. If not, it'll be the following week. We'll we'll, we'll have every, every put it this way: everything's going to be out and gone. You know, like by the tenth at the latest. Uh, most of it, I know this. Most of it will be gone. Uh, probably, I'm, I'm assuming Monday, unless Wendy Wendy may leave it for our lead, so they didn't. Make- <laughs> Then it may not go out to Wednesday, but all you metals fans, if you're not in the metals fans, what's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. I don't mean it like that. Uh, but seriously, actually, maybe I do. Uh, you got to be in that thing. Uh, you know, if you're if you don't have, I know everybody's different, right? There's people out there. Hey, I uh, I can do ten 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 thousand here and twenty thousand there, and I'll buy fifty grand over there, or or I, I'm going to buy you know, $2,000 a month on my own, right? I'm going to listen to Joe every day, and I'm going to buy, and I've been listening for years, and I know what a great special is and what a good special is, and I'll buy on my own. But for most people, they don't have, you know, I don't have that kind of money. I don't have, you know, 10, 20, 50 grand laying around, uh, but I, I, I can do 100, 300, 500 a month. The metal's plan for you guys. Because guess what? I promise you, you're going to get great deals. By the way, I want to point this out, and some people are starting to figure this out. If you're on the lower side of the metals plan, you know, if you're at the $100 to, say, you know, $300 a month, you can tell us, hey, you know what? Only ship me twice a year. And, and you'll get... Obviously, what more gold that way, you know? Because if you're at a hundred bucks a month, at, at, at the end of the quarter you got three hundred dollars. So you're going to get a lot of silver that way, because you know, right? I mean, that's just how it works. So if you want to do that, if you want to say, hey, you know what? I want a little more gold, or or I want, uh, you know, we got guys doing five hundred months who say you only do it twice a year because they want twenty dollars gold pieces and things like that. We'll do whatever you want. I mean, this is the easiest thing going today there's we charge no fee there's not a setup fee there's not a cancellation fee uh so i can't tell you how many people uh have started it stopped it started it again we get it 
stuff happens. Here's the great thing about our medals program. At any time, you just give us a call and say, you know what, I need to put it on hold. We'll put it on hold. Put you on hold for as long as you want. Or you need, hey, I just need to stop it. I'll call you back when I can do it again. Great. What does that cost you? Nothing. If you pick up in our office in Phoenix or Colorado, right, there are no fees. The only other, the only fee that's in the plan is the shipping fee. And if you pick up, we waive that too. So it's a great way to do it. So if you need more details about it, go out to our website. You'll find all the information there. Uh, a lot to talk about. Yesterday, a new record for Wall Street, the single highest point day upward ever. The Dow finished up over 1,000 points yesterday. Was that a good thing? Or a bad thing. I'm going to tell you what it means, and I don't think if you've got a 401k or you're heavily into the paper market, you're probably not going to like it. But you need to know it uh, today. Now, I I don't know. You know, I'm not surprised. It's down 400 to 450 points right now. It's down 420 in the middle. 425 uh, 66 down today, and essentially. This week, so the the market was open on Monday for you know a short session Monday, closed Tuesday, open Wednesday, open today, and as of right now, the Dow hasn't moved because it was down over 600 points on Monday, down over 400 points today, up the thousand points yesterday. Uh, so we're essentially right where we were going out on Friday. Uh, but I'll tell you all about it. I'll give you all the details. Uh, of what happened and how it happened, why it happened, what does it all mean. Uh, we did get some data points out today, right? Remember, the government still shut down. Uh, the We did get jobless. I didn't think we were, but we did. Uh, and they were in line. I think they were down 1,000. Uh, the, the bigger jobless claims are coming, though. We did get that soft data stuff. I hope it's not a precursor to what we're going to see in 2019. We got that and so much more coming for you. Don't touch that dial. Take the children and yourself and hide out in the cellar. By now the fighting will be close at hand. That's not a bad idea. Everybody go to the cellar. Let's hide out there. Would somebody wake us up when it's over? Uh, gold's up five. It, gold's essentially where it was when I talked to you yesterday. Uh, $1,275. Uh, silver, though, is the one on the move. Seemingly now, silver is moving up about 25 cents a day. Up another, well, Right now, it's up $20. Uh, $15.20. Silver Eagles, we... They've added $5 a roll today. They added $5 a roll yesterday. They added $5 a roll on Friday. We're, we're you know, if the way that's going tomorrow by tomorrow, uh, you're, you'll be looking at essentially a dollar an ounce move in silver in less than a week. And, and 2019, and I've been saying this for you, just don't be surprised. I've told you already. 
I mean, and you know how much I love silver. I don't. It's heavy. It's a pain. Uh, but let me tell you right now, for the bank for your buck, uh, you cannot be beat. Uh, 2019's readily available. Pre-order them now. No premium for 2019s, at least not yet. Uh, rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles today, 375. You want a case of Silver Eagles somewhere? I got it written down here. 9,375 delivered on cases. Uh, 800-951-0592. Uh, the, the economic data out today, most of it was soft data. This is survey stuff. Uh, big drop. I guess we shouldn't be surprised. And, and and we didn't even get to the real bad stuff because most of this survey stuff is done in the first two weeks of the month. Uh, and, again, I've never gotten a call, never been on one of these surveys, but apparently, allegedly, they call people. Here was the big move for the drop. Americans' assessment of the present situation. It only fell a little bit. And this is, again, right? we want to be optimistic. I just, you know, bought a radio station. Right? I got my fingers crossed. It was the outlook that took big hits. The expectations part of the index. The biggest drop since August 2011, and by the way, a two-year low. And what happened in August? I was like, well, August 2011. I mean, I, we, that wasn't the financial crisis. We we're, I mean, still dealing with it. But it was, you know, that was 0809. That was when S and P downgraded the credit rating of the United States. Right? Remember that? Yeah. Let's not forget that. By the way. I don't know, 2020-ish, we're going to get another one that's coming. 2025, (laughs) I don't even want to think about it. We'll probably have several. But that was, by the way, when that happened, uh, the S&P fell almost 20% that year before rallying, I guess. The big piece, though, that wasn't it. Like, they're like, eh, I'm not so... People aren't so positive now about 2019. How about your job? And I told you when, when these idiots raised rate, I didn't get it. it. The raising of the rate, I it could have been fine. It's what they said after. And I, I told you what was going to happen to your 401k. I told you. Look at what's happened. Jobs. People are starting to get worried now. Told you about UPS yesterday. All the seasonal help got the phone call. Don't come. You're done. I know you're supposed to work another week. Uh-uh. Re- actual, the regular UPS employees got sent home from Phoenix yesterday. 300. Why? We don't have that many packages. Hopefully that improves. And I don't want to, you know, sound like they're going to have a total collapse here. Just kind of weird. The number of people whose 
better jobs in the coming months fell by the largest number on record. And here's the thing. Remember what I told you. This was before the announcement. Most of this data was collected before the Fed announcement. How long have they been doing this? Because how long? Five years, ten years, forty-one years. I just saw an article. The the big uh, Earth Mover companies, Caterpillar, and all of them talking about they're not expecting uh, big sales in Earth moving equipment. All the big equipment. All of a sudden, they're all out there slashing guidance for what they're going to expect. A sharp drop in the confidence of the labor market also resulted in a plunge as well. So it was kind of a multifaceted. A lot of the plunge in the soft data had to do with jobs. I don't expect there to be more jobs. And I told you, this the, the Fed has cost the United States millions of jobs. Damage is done. I, I'm telling you right now. I'm worried. I think they're going to raise again at the end of it's either late January or early February, right, right in that area. Because every six weeks, well, and I, and I should say this. Let me let me preface this. I, I and I and I regret not saying it. Starting with the next meeting, every meeting now will have a press conference. Remember, before we always said, well, the Fed will only connect four times a year. Because they meet eight times by law, they got to meet eight times. They only had a press conference every other meeting. The in between meeting, they just issue a statement. Now every meeting has a press conference. In theory, the Fed should not hike at the next meeting because normally that would have been a non press conference meeting, and we would wait until March. Now, I don't know. I don't believe that their tone is going to change. I don't believe they're going to raise in January, early late January, early February. But they're also, I, I just, I have no confidence in them, that they truly understand what's really happening here. And I think they are going to stick to the, hey, we still expect to raise rates. And they'll do a similar thing. Well, you know, we're we're not as bullish as we were, but they will still. I think that's going to stay in there, and I think that's going to be big, big problems. And listen, this is why companies are going to pull back. This is why they're not going to go out there and spend. They're going to say, "Well, Fed's going to keep raising rates, and that's going to cost more money. We're uncertain." I mean. Absolutely reckless. That's why I said they don't care about you. I and I, I'll say it again. This is more of a political move than it, it's the only thing I can think of. Because when you look at the outside of consumer debt, and don't be fooled. But, oh, look how great the consumer is! Right? You hear that crap? I don't understand. How did they buy it? They buy it with their debit card. Or did they buy it with their credit card? There's a big difference between the two of those. And by the way, 
the Federal Reserve is going to make sure that minimum payment on the credit card is going to get even more expensive. It's going to be even harder to come out of. Uh, the You know what? The other thing, trade war. Remember the announcement? They made that announcement about China bought some soybeans and I, I, two or three weeks ago. I talked about it on the air, and I told you that China's allowed to buy X amount tariff-free. And I forget what the amount was, but, but neither here nor there. Something about, uh, uh, you know, we don't want people starving, right? And so X amount is tariff-free. The stuff that they want to feed to the hogs and the pigs and all, that, 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 you got to pay the tariff on. There was a big agricultural export conference in Kansas City this week. An executive from China's biggest soybean crusher. So when they buy the soybeans, they put them in the cargo ship, right? They send it over to China, it goes to the crusher, and they crush it up, and they put it into the feed. He was at the conference, and he was listening as the quote-unquote expert right beside him. So here he is. He's on the panel, and he's listening to these experts explain to everybody in the audience why China would remain dependent upon U.S. soybeans to supply feed for its massive hog herd. And I think China dominates the world. Like, like uh, they, when it comes to hogs, no one harvests more hogs than they do. Like, kind of like everything else. When it came for his turn to speak, and I'm going to use my best Chinese here, Mu Yan Qiu. I don't know if that's right, but it sounds good. Muyan Ku told the international audience that was full of soybean traders, right? I guess these would be the paper guys, right? I, I, I'm assuming, you know, like uh, Goldman Sachs is there and Deutsche Bank's there and J.P. Morgan's there, that everything they just heard from all these experts was wrong. Moo kicked off a six-part strategy at this conference to slash Chinese consumption and, uh, and tap alternative supplies of soybeans with little financial pain to the country. Many foreign businesses and people, along with politicians, have underestimated the ter- the determination of the Chinese people to support the government in the trade war, he said. By the way, this guy is vice chairman of uh, Yahi Kerry. I'm assuming some type of multinational conglomerate. Got a Chinese partner in Kerry. Uh, owned by Singapore based, there you go, Wilmar International is the technical owner. He's the vice chair. His comments echoed a growing confidence within China's soybean 
soybean exports. A prospect, they say, that will decimate U.S. farmers. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just going to tell you what he said. He said that the first prong in their strategy, uh, did I ever think, you know, I think about First of all, everything I was ever going to be on the radio, no, all my life, right, I always had this voice, all my life, you should be in radio, you should be in radio, I'm 12 years old, you should be in radio. Did I ever think when I started doing this show that I would be talking about soybeans? Never. Right, and how important this issue really is, and how big of an issue, just to put it in perspective. It's a 13 to $14 billion a year business, just the exports to China. So it's big money here for the U.S. and really for the farmer. The first prong of the strategy. Well, there's the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The latest outrage of judicial supremacy is pointed straight at the 2020 census. Earlier this year, a district court ordered Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross to submit to a deposition about why he wants the census to ask people if they are American citizens. In classic judicial activism, a New York City federal judge appointed by Barack Obama is trying to micromanage the government's planning for the 2020 census, which is already underway, by the way. Plaintiffs and Judge Jesse Furman are unhappy with how census officials plan to include a question about citizenship in the census. After the Trump administration decided to reinstate this question on the questionnaire being sent to every household, a group of leftist organizations and Democratic officials sued Secretary Ross and the Department of Commerce, which supervises the Census Bureau. Liberals absurdly claim that it's racist for the census to ask the basic question about American citizenship, and they demanded that Secretary Ross answer questions in which they would certainly accuse him of racist motives. Citizenship is not about race. And immigrants come in all races. It simply cannot be racist to ask people who live here in America and who demand entitlements like Medicaid and public schooling whether they are in fact American citizens. Cabinet officials should not be subjected to rude deposition questioning without any factual basis. And the Supreme Court agreed. Before Justice Brett Kavanaugh was confirmed, the Supreme Court seemed fine with allowing the deposition of Secretary Ross, a member of Trump's cabinet. But days after Kavanaugh joined the high court, it put this deposition on hold, pending the submission of further briefing on the matter. President Trump has successfully appointed two Supreme Court justices and now hundreds of circuit and district court judges. But there are fierce pockets of judicial resistance in deep blue states like California, New York, and Hawaii. It should be a no-brainer for the census to ask whether each person residing in our country is a U.S. citizen or not. That basic question was included on the main census questionnaire from 1830 to 1950. But starting in 1960, it was unfortunately demoted to a separate survey that goes to only a sample of Americans. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. American citizenship should never be taken lightly. That's why you need to go to phyllisschlafly.com and be part of the dialogue on the need for border security and an accurate census, the travesty of sanctuary cities, and voting rights for illegals. 
Voice your opinion at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592, that is our toll-free number. You know what we do. Wealth insurance, the physical delivery of gold and silver. If you don't need to, if you don't know why you need to have it, then you, you like to live in denial. That's all I can say. You, you know, a lot of people like to gamble. Right? Look at Vegas, right? That's a whole city made up of gambling. And what happens to the gamblers? <laughs> I mean, almost without exception. You go home a loser. What happens? That's what the gold and the silver are for. Right? To save yourself from the reckless gamblers. Uh, by the way, before I get back to the soybeans, because I don't know if I'm going to get it in, I want to make this clear. Before yesterday's all-time single-point gain, the record, the 1,000-plus point gain, do you know when the previous records were? 08, twice, again in early 09, all 800-point gains, right, in the heart of when Wall Street was getting crushed. These are, it's actually one of those indicators, you know, and I keep talking about it. You know, you had the the consumer, you know, the confidence at all-time record highs. I told you then that's the top and, the, you know, all these things. That's, this is another one. When you see, and you, if you look at all, like, the top ten biggest gains, right, almost unilaterally, it's actually a sign of weakness because the Dow gets, it's getting pummeled, right? And it gets way oversold, and then you get a bounce, a one-day bounce, or, you know, even a week or two. But the pattern is when you have these historic days like this, they're wrapped inside of some very, very bad years. Uh, so I, I don't I, – I, I'm a little worried about yesterday's move. But obviously, obviously, you know, today the Dow is down again, and, and now it seems like – Somehow, the Dow doesn't move like 500 points. It's almost like it's boring now. Uh, but but uh, nonetheless, I just wanted to point that out to people because I think it's important to know. When do we get the biggest up days in Wall Street? During very bad times for Wall Street. Uh, where you have, like I said, and, you know, you think about it, in the last, like, five or six trading days before yesterday's move, the Dow was down 500, 500, 300, 600 he was down thousands of points uh, to have a one-day bounce. That's how you get these big one-day bounces like that. Uh, and then it just usually means uh, that that we continue down this this path. So I think squarely will tell you it's the Federal Reserve's fault. I think they're going after Trump, and that's just my view. Getting back to soybeans. Again, I never knew any of this stuff. This is great stuff. So here was the big soybean convention. And they got all these people up there telling all of these soybean traders how China can't get away from us. And then the one Chinese guy on the panel comes up and says, I don't know what these guys are talking about. Let me tell you what we're doing. So he, he comes out and says 
that the first base is to slash soy meal content in pig feet. So, and just so you understand, China, the vast majority of the soybeans sold to China, this is what it's used for, to feed the hawks. Would obliterate China's demand for U.S. soybeans, according to Reuters' calculation. So this guy gives the speech, tells them what they're going to do. So the Reuters reporter says, well, I know how to do math. Let me get my calculator out. Oh, wait a minute. This is a big deal. Now, for you hog farmers out there, uh, let, let us know. If you're a hog farmer out there, you're listening, uh, send us an email or give us a call or call Johnstown and, and see if this is right. They said, he, he said, Cutting the soy ration for hogs from 20% to 12% would equate to a reduction of up to 27 million tons of soybeans per year. Now, the first thing I did when I heard that was like, well, now the hogs aren't going to be so fast. Right? I don't know. Really? That's the plan? That's not a great plan. But then I kept reading. Apparently, by the way, that 27 million tons, that's 82% of Chinese soy imports from the, U- from the U.S. So, just that one, that, just that one prong takes care of the problem. They said that Chinese farmers can do this. Because the, and without hampering any hog growth, because apparently this was the old way of feeding hogs, 20% of the, uh, what did they call it, uh, 20% of the ration uh, of the hog feed, it's up the soy meal. Because apparently science has gotten better. And now, at least this article, it leads me to believe that in the U.S., that that is no longer the standard. In other words, the U.S. is down to this 12% number. And that they have other stuff that they put in the feed that's cheaper than actually using the soy meal. It says that the soy meal provides the protein and the amino acids that pigs need to thrive, right? This is what gives them the weight. It said that uh, reducing the use will be easier in China than elsewhere because farmers here have long included much more soy than needed to keep its hogs healthy according to industry experts in China and the United States, saying that that used to be the 1980s style of feeding the hogs. Most Chinese pig farmers have continued this use of soy meal, even as U.S. counterparts have reduced the soy content to feed their hogs. After advancing the science of optimizing feed ingredients, right? So there you go, right? They figured out a way 
of putting other stuff in there that worked just as good and it was actually cheaper. And that the Chinese have been slow to, and I guess you, there's certain things you got to do, right? Certain things, Chinese have been resistant, but now, according to this guy, he says all the farmers are on board. So, I don't know. Patriot Radio News Hour, more than you ever wanted to know about soybeans. 800-951-0592, finishing up here, phase two of the approach. So first, hey, we're we're kind of out of step with the science. And we've been putting 20% soy meal in our hog feed, and the rest of the world's down to 12. We're going down to that 12. Prong number two was that the actual mills are already starting to eliminate U.S. soybeans from its feed mix. According, this is just what he said at the conference. Seeing the soy imports with more corn cornmeal and our alternative protein sources. I guess this new formula also domestically produced soybean to make up for the difference. Phase three. I guess they did a multi, again, a multi-phase plan. Seeking alternative protein sources such as rapeseed and cottonseed. Tapping sur- surplus soybean stocks from government reserves, which is, remember, the government reserves they can buy without the tariff. And continuing to boost imports from Brazil and Argentina. He says that the presentation represents and reflects the line of thinking now broadly accepted by the Chinese government and its state-run agriculture firms and marks a shift since the outset of the trade war. Now, is all of that actually possible? I have no idea. You know, as a unintelligent person that knows nothing about soy, very interesting. Makes sense. Makes sense. Can they do it? Who knows? But again, I go back nine months ago. I told you. China's a different animal. China's not Mexico or Canada. Not definitely not Europe. These people want to dominate the world. I don't know what's so hard to understand. I mean, did you see again? They had that uh, another big uh, by the Chinese again. Yeah, and I forget who it was. I, I wish I remember. So much was going on there, but they 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 caught them red-handed hacking into. I want to say it was IBM, and then using IBM, they got into IBM. And then, and it was either IBM, GE, something like that. And I don't, and, and I'm not sure who, I want to say IBM, it may have been somebody, but a big company like that, that used their computers to get into our de- government defense files. I don't know what else to call them. And 
it looked normal, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah, I see the law here. I, the IBM was in. Yep, they're supposed to be. Or uh, and I think and maybe they went got into IBM, who got into to like General Dynamics, and then got in. I mean, it was crazy. Stole all kinds of stuff. Matter of fact, one of the guys said, one of the generals came out and said, you can see it in their missiles that they stole it because all of a sudden, there it is. They want to dominate the world. I don't know what's so hard that people don't get it. They don't care. Right? They can't believe it. I guarantee you they can't believe how dumb we were. And here's the funny thing. People are mad at Trump about the trade war. Are you kidding me? It, 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 it doesn't go far enough. They're not our friend. Right? And, you know, you think about all the companies that are over there. From the car companies, Apple, and all you Apple guys. And I don't mean to trash that because all of it. It's, it's impossible to avoid stuff from China anymore. It's just not possible. And they're using it all against us. So when this guy comes out at this conference, and I and he sits there and he listens, and according to the reporter, expert after expert after expert, oh, no, they're going to come crawling back to us. The guy came up there and said, yeah, uh, I don't know what these guys are talking about. Because I can tell you what, we're not doing that. And I And, I, and again... Just be ready. This thing's not over. This isn't going to be a a worse sorry moment. I don't speak Chinese, but like three weeks ago, the president of China gave a big speech. And in that speech, he pretty much was like, yeah, no one's telling us what to do. Just so you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Right, we're going to pretend that we're trying to play nice, but the, at the end of the day, we're going to do what we want to do, and we need to start treating them like that. I, I just, I just don't understand the ignorance of this country. Sometimes I just don't get it. I look at Jay Powell. This man is ignorant. He knows this. This was a big fluff piece. Right? Corporations got this big tax cut by promising they were going to give everybody a bunch of money. We're going to hand out bonuses. $4,000. I heard of, I actually had a couple of customers who got like two grand. Yeah. True. Been there 20 something years. Most people that, you know, when they called our, got. $500. And now all of a sudden people are waking up going, wait a minute. Something's happening at my job right now. All you people work in retail, you know what I'm talking about. What happened to your hours this week? Take the radio news hour. Final segment coming up. Final segment, take the radio news hour. And do I have something for you? This is something we don't get them often. And it's really sad. This is 
These are coins that we used to, when I first started, we used to sell these all the time. Now, we're lucky if it's once a quarter. I've about 50 U.S. $10 Indians. Now, you know uh, about the Indians. For those of you that are new and don't know, so the Indians went with the St. Gordon. Right, they were the fractional coin for the Saint God. Right, so the the, the Saint was the twenty dollar. Then you had the ten dollar Indian, the five dollar Indian, the two and a half dollar Indian. Right, because they got rid of the Liberty series. The Saint uh, were minted, you know, all the way up to nineteen thirty three. Indian. When the plague came out, they thought the. Indian coins had had carried the play because the five and tens they actually carved into the coin. They didn't mint them every year. Matter of fact, they went long stretches where they didn't get minted at all. Matter of fact, don't quote me on this, and I don't have time to look it up. But but maybe fourteen years on the ten dollar Indian total of mintage. They're super hard to get. They're great-looking. As most of you know, my favorite gold coin of all time. But they're they're always a little more pricey. You know, they cost more because there's just not that many of them out there. And uh, today, okay, there you go. I just got some confirmation. I have $10 Indians. They're $725. My $10 liberties are $695. Today and today only, you can buy a $10 Indian for the same price as a $10 lib. And you know that doesn't happen. I think, I think I've done it once. One time in 13, 14, 15 years. I think one time I actually sold them for like 5 bucks less. So this would be the second lowest premium ever on on ten dollar Indian, six hundred and ninety five dollars. And as soon as I get off the air, I'll put these available online as well for you people that are worried we're going to try to bait and switch you or something like that. And you don't want to call. I'll have them on our website as well. Ten dollar Indian, six hundred ninety five dollars at eight hundred nine five one. Zero five nine two. Put them away. I mean, here's a coin that essentially thirty to at at the peak, almost a couple of hundred dollars more than the equivalent in the Liberty series. Right? We've seen the Indians. Right? We've seen the spike prices on Indians uh, before. But these are coins when you can get them. This is value. And this is why we're the best. And when you call us, I'm not going to sell you. try to sell you something else. What you need to be putting away today, $10 Indian, same price as the Liberty, at 800-951-0592. Take your radio news hour. We'll be back tomorrow.